The Athen Real Talk podcast explores controversial ideas to stimulate debate and active thinking. These ideas do not always reflect Athen's personal views. Welcome to the Athen Real Talk podcast. He has been called the best gamer in the world, hands down. World famous gamer and philanthropist Athen. Gaming for good, it's called, has raised more than $20 million. Using his notoriety to raise money for charity. On activism, science, culture, and self-development. I'm proud to have him in the studio today. would not want to take you on in a video game. Louis Cardinal says, I think, could you explain the reason behind why people automatically build and get attached to ego in many, if not most, social situations? Everybody has an ego that can get activated and it performs as a psychological wall to protect your beliefs. And if you feel threatened, it just comes up and the more primitive part of the brain takes over, the more reptilian part of the brain, the reptilian part of the brain takes over and literally disables your prefrontal cortex. And as a result, you just don't think clearly, but being aware of those dynamics can make you overcome them. XDDFGFBFD says, Athena, how do you untilt someone in an argument when they're triggered? Depends what my goal is. When I have a conversation for someone, I always have a goal, right? So sometimes having the person's ego activated can work in my favor. Let's say I want to showcase that someone is irrational. I trigger his ego, have him rant, and use that as an argument like, hey... He's irrational. That way you can just get really easily of people's authority by just triggering their ego. If I talk to someone and I don't want him to have an ego, then I try to not trigger him. If he gets triggered, I just have a very dismantling attitude and just seek first to understand all the time. Seek first to understand, which means you listen, you try to understand what the person says and you don't bring any extra arguments to the table. You only build on what the person says. That's how I do it. Vane's life says define dismantling. Dismantling the ego means deactivating it. So if someone has an active ego, you can dismantle it by deactivating it. And the best way to deactivate someone's active ego is make very clear you're not a threat to their beliefs. And the best way of doing that is by showing a lot of understanding and speaking based on their beliefs and the way they speak rather than using your own experience and your own framework. Think God says, how do you define yourself? It's a really good question. A lot of people have a flawed paradigm of the self. And what I'm going to say now is very important. If you really think about it, if there's one thing you can think about, about anything I said today, it's what I'm going to say now. When you go through life, you drag your entire story, the idea of who you are, day in, day out. And the thing is that that's not what you are. You might say, what do you mean with that? I don't understand that. You are a momentary expression of the neural activity in your brain. And neuroscientists say it doesn't have a center. If you split your brain in two, you literally become two people. There is no center. When you feel like eating, it's not because there's a pilot saying like, hey, go eat now. No, no, no. It's because the part that is responsible to eat becomes more active. Consciousness merely emerges from the neural activity. So when you talk to someone or when you look around... The reason why you see these things, the reason why you are aware of those things is because these things take place in your consciousness. They're neural networks that fire, and that's what you are. You're ever-changing. And on top of that, nothing is external. Everything you experience is part of the self. Your environment, your friends, everything. And your idea of this is me and this is others is practical 
and allows you to move forward, but from a neurological point of view, it's all one entity. The moment you start realizing that really truly, then being selfish is literally also taking care of your environment. And even when you act or interact with others, the environment is part of what you are. And our flawed paradigm of ourself gives us the arrogancy to take away the environment as big stimuli or whatever and makes us really be confused in what we are and what we want. And the moment you connect these dots and you really fully understand it, you can let go of the past, use that as a source to learn, grow and move forward. Ziozi, I think what do you mean we are one entity? You are one entity. That's what I'm saying. Your entire reality is one entity. It's your consciousness. That's it. And everything that takes place inside and everything is just all taking place in your consciousness. There is no such a thing as outside. It's just consciousness. That's it. Relative to your own reference frame, that's important. Relative to your own reference frame. Simar says, Atin, it's easy for you to not have an ego and have good self-esteem because you're the best at everything you do. But what about people that are average and never the best at anything? How can they build a solid confidence? It's actually, Simar... I think that's actually a very intelligent question because I have to agree I've been very lucky in my life to build this level of confidence to be able to just not require ego and all these things. And if it was for me going through another life, yeah, I would be sitting there watching someone else on the stream. I'm very aware of that. But the power, though, of reason and the power of knowledge and self-insight allows you to overcome these obstacles from a more rational perspective, even if the emotional layers are not in your favor. And that is why, for example, watching the blueprint for people that have troubles getting a girlfriend can help them immensely. Or watching Equartol if you have issues of being in the now. There is a lot of information that is accessible that can help you build these types of confidences and tackle these issues, even if you haven't had as much RNG in your life. I have to admit that this is also applicable to myself because if it wasn't for my logical approach on things, I would even with my confidence levels, I would still grow in a direction that is not as optimal. So, yeah. Kawasuko says, Athene, but don't you think it was kind of key that you had adults or older people that wanted to help and guide you like a brother or just an older friend? They didn't really want to guide me. I just grew up having a lot of conversations and very mature conversations when I was very young and that really highly affected my growth when I was very young and a kid. But just as much as I had Franco and my brother when I was younger, most of you guys now have the internet, have people, have access to so much more logic and knowledge. So I would say you guys are all ahead of it. You guys are all ahead of the curve. And that's why I always keep repeating that if you guys would, you know, really absorb and evaluate the stuff that I say, you guys will be way more ahead of me at my age than I am now, just as much as you guys are ahead more than me when I was your age. So, yeah. Kudos and the team, what is the way to get independent to what other people think about me? I feel that I feel very bad when people do not like or love me. My self-esteem is how much others need me and like to spend time with me. So when I'm alone, I feel useless and depressed. How can I fix that? First of all, you should check out and read about the spotlight effect. That will help you quite a bit. Because honestly, even if people around you would be really nice to you and all that shit, they don't still give a shit about you. People don't care. Maybe the only people that care about you are your parents and that's it. So that first of all. Secondly, 
the extent to which you care what other people think about you is very related to the level of internal confidence you have, how you fundamentally love yourself on a very emotional level. And of course, if that is not there, it is something you can fill up. Some people do it through ego. Other people do it through the right environment. Other people do it through insight by reading self-knowledge. I would say like maybe that is a better way of doing it. But you have to understand the mechanics is that you are your neural activity. And depending on how active certain parts of your brain are, the neural pathways get stronger or less strong. And the stronger they are, the more easily you fall back on it. The reason why you care so much what people think about you is because you don't really have strong neural pathways connected to the self, whether it's on a fundamental level or an identity level. I wouldn't say identity is a good thing to have either way, but for some people it can be helpful to get out of that really low self-esteem problem. But even that, just understanding that you are an ever-changing unit and that the now is the only thing that exists can really allow you to detach yourself from your story. And by doing so, you can experience a catharsis, a sense of relief. And that could also help you. But of course, from person to person depends. Some people have experienced it when they read The Power of Now from Eckhart Tolle. Other people experience it when they hear a real talk. Or other people experience it when they read about esoteric philosophy. So it depends for each person, there's different buttons. To me, what would work the best is just insight in how the mechanics work. But I do feel that when people are more emotionally driven, then it's harder to just give them rational arguments to make them grow. More than 90% of the time, you need to give emotional ones. And it's very hard for me to give emotional arguments because I don't know you. And those emotional arguments have to be calibrated from person to person. And that is why... I always go back to the uh, rational arguments. But if I would be talking from person to person, I would be able to have quite a lot of impact because I would have much more information about the personal individual and I would have more insight in what to exactly say to bring about certain change. And since people would reach out and ask me to help them out, I would have actually that door, that access to create that change. But it's irresponsible because it would take too much time And that's why I focus on people that have already a certain strong foundation and uh, a certain framework and try to inspire them to grow as a person and make them realize the impact they can have and to which extent they can have an even bigger impact if they would work in this environment. That goes from one little question to all these other things that I'm explaining because I want to explain why I wouldn't even address it personally and if I talk more general, then most of the time this feedback won't even get to you because... I really need to find the right emotional puzzle piece to make it trigger and vibe with you and resonate. It's like you talk in a certain language. If you don't understand the language, it sounds like Chinese. So that's why it's so important to be aware of these mechanics. I don't know even my bringing it up if that helps or not. Most of the time, this only vibes with a very small amount of people that are watching the stream. And these people, most of the time, are the ones that need it the least. It's uh, paradoxical, but it is what it is. Shaman says, Athene, I literally can't make any new friends because I can't think of anything to talk to him about. Do you think any attempts to change that? Honestly, when it comes down to friendship, I have a pretty bad reality check. Most of you guys have not enough of a self developed awareness in order to make good friends and that's why you're in the situation you are because friendship is defined by the connection and if what connects you with yourself is very narrow-minded and ignorant 
then you will have narrow-minded and ignorant friends, if any friends at all. Sounds really harsh what I'm saying now, but that's the case for most of you guys. Feels bad, man. But it is what it is. If you go to school, school is your connection, and when you're done with school, all your friends of school go away. Same with league. If you play league with your friends, then league is your connection. You stop playing league, then suddenly all those friends go away. How many people said, like, yeah, my best friend, my best friend, I never heard of him anymore since he has a girlfriend? Or, oh, I never hear about my friend since we went to university. I never heard him. Of course you don't. Because the connection with those people were empty and, and simple. On the other hand, if what connects you with your friends is your purpose and the goal in life, then you have these friends for life. If these guys have the same goal and it doesn't change, we'll be friends for the rest of our lives. True friendship is based on doing what's right. I do agree with, well, based on me. I don't just think that's based on me. I just think that's the case. If you're an asshole, right, then how can you be the best friend to your friend if you're an asshole to the world? Why not be an asshole to your friend as well? If you are a scammer, why not scam your friend? Because he's your friend? Because you have a value about your friend? Why? Why wouldn't he scam you? Most of the time, the world, the way you see it, is the way you see yourself. So if you're really in right action minded, you're much more friend material than if you are broken and have very selfish tendencies. The difference between drinking water every day and drinking soda is not so much you enjoy drinking soda or how much you enjoy drinking water, but rather the habit of drinking soda or drinking water. That is something a lot of people don't realize, that most of their lifestyle is just a habit. And once you adopt another habit and you replace an old habit with a new one, you just get used to it. If you decide to start drinking water, in a few weeks you won't even notice anymore that you're not drinking soda. Same with smoking. If you stop smoking for a while, you don't notice anymore that you're not smoking anymore. You just get used to it. But your average lifespan increases, your health increases. So you get these bonuses on top of that. So adopting good habits or replacing bad habits with good habits, it's not that crazy. You get used to it just as much you get used to drinking soda. The only thing it needs is a little bit of activation energy. And if you can reach to the part in your brain that makes sense, you just do that. Uniquestion says, Athene, I just listened to your latest podcast on SoundCloud. You call people who smoke and drink and take drugs, which are unhealthy, dumb. My question is, do you have experience with drugs and why rather live a boring, long life than a short, happy life? The one doesn't exclude the other. First of all, happiness should not be what drives your life because doing so is a misconcept, it's a flawed concept, it's not understanding your nature. Happiness is a consequence of a stable and uh, fulfilling life, and it's not something you can reach for. And that's why people that actually try and be happy and live their life to be happy are less happy. There's studies about that. That's why when you ask your grandma, how are you so happy? She doesn't even know how to answer that question because it's just a misconcept in society where everything is around kicks. And then again, at the same time, whatever you do that goes at the cost of your own health and whatever is actually 
taking away from your ability for long sustained life and happiness. So if you think that smoking, drinking and taking drugs makes you more happy, we will have this talk in the next five years again. Unique on TV says, Atin, what is the logical reason to be alive if it isn't happiness? We only progress to be more happy or not? No, of course not. You think you would only evolve to be more happy? If that is the case, you wouldn't exist. It's just your uh, interpretation of your understanding of the self, which is based on culture that doesn't have a lot of insight in how the brain works, and that's why it's flawed. But no, you're not here to be happy. You're here because you're a product of evolution, and you're evolving. And the more you understand that, the more you can optimize that, and the more you can grow. And doing that optimally, yeah will make you more happy. And even if it doesn't make you more happy, it shouldn't matter. That's why moms don't matter about living a hell as long as they take care of their children. It's because happiness is not central in life. What's central in life is growing and evolving. That's what's central. That's why you're here. Tiedos, I think can you please explain backwards rationalization? Basically, the way your brain works is your emotions first come from your amygdala, right, from your limbic system, the more primitive part of your brain. And then most of the time people act. And then afterwards they try to rationalize why they act that way. And it's not called backwards rationalization. We call it backwards rationalization. In psychology, it's called post-rationalization. I think that's what it's called. What also happens if you feel an emotion, you don't know where it comes from. So you have to rationalize where the emotion comes from. And that's also backwards rationalization. Basically, everything you do is backwards rationalization. Almost everything. And you have to be aware of that. Of that process. Because you first feel and then you rationalize. Some people first act and then rationalize. And they will really want to make themselves believe that they acted logically. And they will be attached to that ID. Because else the ID that they just acted impulsively causes a lot of dissonance so they really make the most crazy stuff up to try and justify their actions afterwards i find it also fascinating when i stream hearthstone and then i start streaming real talk that a lot of the questions are very non-personal it all talks about aliens and about politics and no that's all not important all these things are not important what is important is what you can do and what information you can use to grow as a person. That is important. All the rest, those questions, having an answer to them won't help you. You first have to ask, even before answering a question or wondering about a question, is whether the answer to it will actually help you move forward. If not, don't waste your time on even asking that question. After I play Hearthstone, like 95% of the questions don't matter. The answers don't matter. And if you see your time more as an asset than wonder, you'd start asking yourself the right questions. That's the most important thing to do, is ask yourself the right questions. If you start asking questions that are irrelevant to you, I mean, it doesn't matter. It's really important. Luminity says, that would make the life very boring, Athene. That's a really good question, what you're asking there. Because the way I look at it is, Athene, why should I ask these questions if that would make my life boring? And then I would say, that's a much better question to ask because that means you have a problem about your life being boring and you need distraction to make up for it. And my answer to that question is then that if you would put the focus on the right things in your life, then you wouldn't need all this distraction because you'd be much more fulfilled, much more happy and grow as a person at the same time. 
So because people perceive it as boring, because people are really conditioned to have entertaining and distraction, that is fundamentally something that will make you very unfulfilled. So that's already a more interesting question to answer, even though you didn't ask the question, but I turned it into a question. Enraged Lobster says, May, I don't get why you are so obsessed with helping people and being effective. What does moving forward even mean? Human race will go extinct at some point and our impact on the universe is beyond negligible. So why? It's already a better question. And let me tell you why. These are the questions that I don't mind answering because they can give you insight. First of all, you cannot say whether our purpose here is going to be in the future negligible. You don't know that. If we reach singularity, it might be the reason why there is life on this universe and we might really expand even far in the future, first of all. Secondly, it doesn't even matter because your consciousness, you're the reference frame. So it doesn't even matter looking at things up forward. What matters is what you can do right now and how you can grow. And why is because that's what you are. I mean, if it wasn't for that, you wouldn't even exist. Your existence itself is basically already pointing towards you growing as a person in awareness. Why is effectivity important? The problem here is not why effectivity is important, but rather the emotional negative connotation you have with the word effective. If you would put it differently, right, then suddenly it will resonate with you. If I tell you, why work for 10 euros an hour if you could make 50? Then suddenly you're going to go like, damn, that's interesting because it's more effective. So the problem you have is not so much with effectivity. It's rather with the emotional connotation that effectivity has. It sounds not fun. And that's why you hear effective go like, I don't want this because it's not. No, it's about making sense, trying to grow and progress. And I used to use the word effective, but you can use also other words that would vibe and resonate more with you. And the problem here is linguistically, on a limbic level, your connotation with the word effectivity. So it's not so much you have issues with effectivity because I can give you a thousand other examples where you go like, yeah, damn straight. Subscribe to youtube.com slash Athene wins. Watch the live stream at twitch.tv slash Athene live and follow the real Athene on Snapchat.